Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Give everybody a second to come on. It's already hot in here. Hold up. Hey, Google. Turn down the nest. All right, there we go. <coughs> hey, Jamie, how are you? Hey, Wendy. Hey, Tanisha. Who's that, BJ? How you guys doing? Uh, let me go over here. Well, quick, quick. What's up, Dad? How's everybody doing this evening? Good, Jamie. Glad you're doing well. Glad you guys feeling pretty good. Let's see, can I get this? I was going to post my notes in here, but I got to figure out. Oh, there we go. They're not elaborate notes, but hey, it kind of, you guys can kind of see. I posted on the Fellowship of Champions page, not on my personal page. So you guys can kind of follow tonight. Um, hope you guys had a great day today. What I'll tell you, today was interesting. Uh, <laughs> it was interesting today. Had a few things happen, but you know what? All is well. Hey, Miss Giller. Let's see who else is watching. Uh, Miss Jones, Justine. What's up, Teresa? Hey, Erica. We'll give it a couple more minutes. It's 828. Let's see here. All right. Man, shout out to all the parents out there. Tell you what, children show have an interesting way of showing their love for you sometimes. They keep you busy. But I love them. Hey, babe. It's my baby, April. I'll see her. All right. <laughs> Dad, you said you're watching in two spots. I know. I got these two phones going. So <clears throat> I got about one more minute. And then we'll get rolling. So where are you guys at? I know I got my Northwest Arkansas people. Um, hey, Miss Sheila. I uh, hope that chicken was good. Hope y'all had a good time at Bible study tonight, too. If you're near Pastor Harris, tell him I said hello. Hey, Naisha. Yes, ma'am, Miss Giller. I'll make sure I pray for you and your family. Will do. A little rock? I have to drive down there tomorrow. Let me know what your schedule is tomorrow, uh, Dad. All right, so got six seconds. So I appreciate you guys for hopping on to the Refresh Bible Study tonight. Um, 
my wife told me that uh i'm so focused on time sometimes i speed up so uh oh oh yes uh yes i've got pastor Sean is preaching at saint luke tonight i forgot about that yeah uh me and april had schedule conflicts i had a fundraiser from my a nonprofit I'm on the board for, so yeah, we we had kid duties, uh, but I'm sure she's bringing an awesome word at St. Luke tonight. Uh, <clears throat> but we'll get we'll get started. So we'll I'm not gonna look at my watch. It's 8:30 now, and so we'll just finish where we finish tonight. And what we don't uh, get done tonight, we'll just pick up next week. Uh, oh yeah, it was Miss Keisha's and Dylan's birthday. I have to make sure I wish them happy birthday, Miss. Uh, Sheila. So we'll just pick up what we uh, what we finish tonight, but we won't rush. So tonight I wanted to take an opportunity to talk to everybody about um, how God desires for us to be prosperous. Prosperity, when it comes to the kingdom, is one of those things that people uh, often uh, it gets a bad rap. Uh, prosperity gospel, prosperity preachers, uh, prosperity this, prosperity that. But at the end of the day, the gospel itself uh, means too good to be true news. Gospel is prosperity. Gospel is about abundance. Gospel is about having more than enough. Gospel is about changing your life in a way that you no longer live in lack. You're no longer surrendered to sin, but you overcome and that you have abundance. That is the very essence of what gospel is. And so what I would like to do tonight is take the time to just kind of go through some scriptures and talk about how above all else, God desires for you to prosper. God desires for you to prosper in every area of your life. Uh, Third John 2 uh, tells us that. It says that above beloved friend, and this is the Passion Translation, beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every area and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, your imagination, your emotion, and your intellect. So God is saying, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so he's saying that I want your mind to prosper. I want your will to prosper. I want your imagination to prosper. I want your emotions to prosper. And I want your intellect to prosper. He said, above all else, I want you to have good health as well. So right there in that scripture, God is telling us what he desires for our life. He wants us to be healthy and well in all areas. And so what I want to tell you up front, the desire to be prosperous is not a bad desire. That's a desire given to you from God. And so if you want to be prosperous, uh, you choose to be prosperous because that's what God wants. It's not a demonic desire. If you want to have wealth, that's not a demonic desire uh, to, to, to do that. People always say, well, the Bible says the love of money is rich. All of-. No, no. I mean, I mean, you can have money and love God. Jesus did. I mean, when you talk about people in the Bible, they were all wealthy and they loved God. Some of the wealthiest people to ever uh, walk the earth were God-fearing men who, Solomon, who loved God, the wisest man alive. So I can love God and I can also be prosperous. You should just say that. I can love God and be prosperous. God didn't put you in a place of lack just enough or slight, slightly more than enough. So you don't exist in this world by your father to just have just enough or slightly more than enough. 
He sets you up to live an abundant life where you'll have more than you could ever use so that you could supply the need of the kingdoms. Uh, because that was the whole purpose of when God established abundance. Oh, my bad. I got to scoot back some. When God established abundance, it was so that we could have more than enough than just for my household. Uh, and so, once again, having more than enough is not a bad desire. Uh, growing up, uh, and depending on how you grew up, you, you might have thought that, you may not have thought that. Growing up, we used to only get to go out to eat on Fridays, and we had just enough money for our family. And we lived okay, so I'm not saying that we were just down and out, but it wasn't a lot of extra. And because there was not a lot of extra, when people had need, you gave them what you could give them based off what you have. And the reason that God established us to have abundance is that people will always have need, but God is always looking for a man in the earth to supply that need because he can't supply it anymore. He's in heaven. But as long as we walk around earth thinking that we have to be in lack, that we can't have more than enough, and as long as our thermostat is set on just enough or just, just trying to barely make it above the poverty line, we don't expand our thinking and our capacity to understand what God means when he says he wants us to live an abundant life. Because it's in abundance that I am able to meet the needs of others. It's in abundance that I don't worry about how my family is going to be taken care of or how they're going to eat so I can give an extra $100. I can give an extra $1,000 to an organization or to whatever cause that God has me to because I have more than enough to take care of my own need. But as long as I'm always trying to be satisfied with just going on a vacation with my family, with just paying my mortgage, with just doing those things, what we really are doing is robbing the kingdom for having the inheritance which God designed for it to have. All right? So, you're like, Ralph, what are you talking about? Just think about it. When Adam and Eve came into the earth, they hadn't done anything to deserve the abundance that God placed them in. They hadn't done anything to deserve the abundance God placed them in. They came into the earth. They were created and God placed them in abundance. And as the example of relationship between man and God, God was setting us off right there. This is how I want you to live. I want you to live in an area where there's no worry, there's no fear, that you have complete relationship with me, that I have given you everything to eat, everything for your enjoyment, live here and just take care of it for your daddy. And that's what God wanted us to do. He didn't want us to be worrying about how we're going to pay a light bill or how we're going to eat from day to day because he established us in abundance. Say, I was established in abundance. Uh, he didn't put Adam and Eve in a place of lack. He put them in a place overflowing. And why did he do that? Because that's his desire. As God, it was his desire, it was his perfect plan to always have us live a life where we were never lacking anything. But what we have to do is align ourselves to what God has already said. Let's look at this. Uh, let's look at Isaiah 46, 9. It says, remember, carefully the former things which I did from ages past, for I am God and there is no one else like me. I am God, uh, and there's no one else like me, declaring the end from the the end and the result from the beginning. So check this out. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter the sin. It doesn't matter all this. God says, I established the end before the beginning. 
So God already knew what the end picture looked like. God already knew the time that you would spend the money shopping when he told you to give it to whoever. God already knew that you would do X when he told you to do Y. God already knew those things, but he wasn't messed up about those things because he had already established a method to ensure that you will always have. So he says, I established the beginning the end from the beginning. So he re, he reverse engineered everything. So when God created the uh, Adam in the Eden, he already knew every sin that we all would commit. And he still thought it worthy of us because of his love to still place us in abundance. He didn't say, oh man, Ralph going to screw this up. Ralph really going to mess this up. He said, you know what? I know what he's going to do in the end, but my love for him is so great that I'm still going to create him in abundance so that he may enjoy what his daddy has for him. Because what I what God gives to us isn't about us. If you remember last week, we talked about having VIP access. That access has nothing to do with us, but it has everything to do with the union that we have with Christ. So we talked about how many of us live lives with general admission tickets. Like we're just happy to get into the arena. We just happy to be able to go to the game. We're, we, I mean, we just happy just to be able to make one trip to the concession stand. We're not looking for more because we've been so satisfied with the cross. Uh, I was talking to, I think, Pastor Chris this week. I said, literally, we've gotten hung on the cross. We've gotten so satisfied with just being saved. We got so satisfied with knowing that we're going to heaven. We've gotten so satisfied with knowing that, that Jesus came and because he came, our sin has been washed away. But we've got hung up literally on the cross that Jesus not even on anymore. Because after the cross, the Holy Spirit came and Pentecost. And what he did was he, he gave us power. And that power was the creative solution to produce and to accomplish everything that God has called us to walk in. And the Bible tells in John 10, he says, I have come that you may have life and that life how? More abundantly. Ralph, how do I access abundant life? I listen to the Holy Spirit. And I do what he has called me to do, which means I take the job even though I'm not qualified because that's how God's going to get me the abundance. That means I give even when I don't understand why I'm giving because I don't know what's going to prosper me. Is it my sowing or is it the fact I'm going to work every day, but I sow my seed, I go to work. Why? Because I don't know which one's going to prosper. But what I will do is listen to the Holy Spirit. I will not minimize my life to a general admission ticket when God has called me to access everything in the state. I have full rights. As a child of God, you have ownership. Your daddy owns the stadium. And think about it. Your kids. Your kids don't walk around your house wondering what rooms they can go in. They're like, my mama owns this. My daddy owns this. Because they own it, then I have a right to access all of it. They're not seeking permission to access what they already know belongs to them. But how many times do we come in, God, will you bless me? God, can I have this? God, I just want to take my family on a trip this summer. Can Will you bless me to go on a trip? That's not even a prayer. You already know it's God's will for you to live in abundance. It's not asking, will you, God? God said, I already have. I established you in abundance. 
But here's the thing about abundance that we got to realize because some people think that the prosperity is 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 it's overrated. It's like, that's not what the word is about. But like everything, prosperity is a choice. Abundance is a choice. Um, it's something that you got to choose to believe even when others around you do not believe. That's right, Miss Serena. I'm obeying the Holy Spirit. So so people believe, like, like some people believe the earth is flat. That's a choice. You can believe the earth is flat. You believe in the earth flat doesn't make the earth flat. Some people may not believe in gravity, but you cannot believe in something and it still exists. You cannot believe in gravity, but just go go walk off the roof and let's see what happens when you do it, even though you don't believe. Your believing does not disqualify the fact that prosperity exists. And so that's what I, I want to tell you with people. If other people around you don't believe in prosperity, you don't got to argue with them. What do you believe? Because prosperity is something that you got to believe in order to experience. So what I want to do tonight, goal number one is rid ourselves of the scarcity mentality. There is more than enough. Tell yourself that. Say there is more than enough. I can celebrate my brother and sister in Christ. Like, like, uh, I could Pastor Chris, uh, Kristen, she, uh, just got classified employee of the year. She's prospering in her job. So at, at in North Little Rock. And so we shout out to her. We can congratulate her. Why? Because there's more than enough. You can get the award on your job. There's no, Just because somebody else gets blessed doesn't mean anybody's taken from you. God's kingdom is not like my mama used to say, robbing Peter to pay Paul. God has enough for all his kids. So as I can, because one of the things with prosperity, we're always jealous of other people sometimes. And so God has enough for you. And every time I see Miss Sheila being promoted, every time I see Jamie being promoted, every time Miss Vita is is, is is being promoted into prosperity, I don't got to be concerned about I'm running out or there's not enough for me. Why? Because God has enough for all his kids. In fact, the fact that other people are prospering should encourage you that it works, that prosperity is there, that abundance is there. So I'm encouraged and I'm excited about other people's prosperity because I know that mine is there also and I don't have to worry about there not being enough. So today, another thing that we have to do, I remember, I can't remember which who thought this mom or dad or somebody else, all of us got a thermostat and what we feel comfortable is enough of money for our lives. I remember the days and and when I had my first job where I felt like $7 an hour was a lot. I remember I, first, I worked my first week. Uh, I worked 12 hours a day, 60. So I ended up bringing on about $342 uh, in my first paycheck. I was working at a little lumber yard and I was so proud and that was such a high level of money. I mean, a lot of money for me because I lived with my mama, didn't have any bills, no car note. And I thought that was enough, right? And as a high school student with no bills, it was enough. But as life has happened and I've got three kids and, and a mortgage and things like that, what once was enough is no longer enough. Why? The thermostat for believing what prosperity looks like changes as you mature and as you grow. And for what a lot of us has happened is we grew up, but our thermostat, the way we see money come in and out of our life has never changed. And no matter how much money that we get, we always find ourselves 
working ourselves back down to a amount that we're comfortable with. Why? Because that's where our thermostat is at. And wherever your thermostat is set is also where going to be your, your where your belief is set for abundance. And so, and what do you mean by that, Ralph? I remember being in college and we, me and April, saving up money. And we, every time we'll get to this threshold, uh, it always was something that would happen. And so and I'm like, what in the world is going on? And I talked to Passion about it and stuff. And so anyway, we talked about some general generational curses and things like that. But our expectation was, man, when we get to this amount of money, we're good. This is where we felt comfortable with money flowing in and out of our lives because we didn't quite understand what God's abundance was compared to our abundance for our own life. Growing up the way we did, having that amount of money in the bank was a lot of money. And so when we got there, our thermostat was set and the the, the ability to maintain that believing and that assertive faith towards God to know that he would do more kind of settled out. And so what began to happen, every time we'll get to that mark, things would occur that bring us right back down. And so when we got down, let's say it was $5,000. When we got down to $3,000, I mean, five, we got to $5,000, that thermostat was set in, we'll go on cruise control, and then things will occur, and it'll get down to $3,000. Then before you know it, like, okay, let's kick it back in and bring it back up. Because that was where our thermostat was set at. And the way that you reset your thermostat is that you got to change your thinking. You got to change the way that you see money. And the way that you change that is by basing it off what God has said. All right. So number one, God wants to bless you. It's God's ideal to bless you. That, that That's number one. God wants to bless you. And if you're in a fellowship of champions group, I posted the link to my notes. Uh, and if somebody could copy and paste to my page, that would be great. But God wants to bless you. It says in Psalms 35 and 27, God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. It's not even your ideal to be prosperous. You late to the show. God, That was God's ideal a long time ago. When he formed the end from the beginning, he already called you prosperous. That was God's idea. So the fact that the enemy talks to you and talks to you about, hey, no, you're trying to live too good of a life. You, you're not you're not all that, blah, blah, blah. That was God's idea. Who am I to rob God of being happy? Who am I to rob God of being satisfied? Who am I to rob God of fulfilling his commandment? Who am I to rob God of fulfilling of his covenant? Who am I to rob God by not being prosperous? Because when I choose not to be prosperous, I choose not to satisfy God. That's a whole different way of looking at it. When we choose not to be prosperous, we choose not to satisfy God. We choose not to please God. Why? Because God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. It makes him happy for us to prosper. Psalms 84 and 11. And I'm giving you scripture because I want you to be able to go read this for yourself. Don't trust me. Trust what the word says. Don't argue with me about the fact that you're prosperous. Argue with the word. Psalms 84 and 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows present grace and favor and future glory, honor, splendor, and heavenly bliss. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. Now, this is real good. No good thing 
shall he withhold from those that walk upright. In other words, he won't hold back any blessing from those who are righteous. Now, let me show you how God set you up. So, no good thing shall he withhold from those that are righteous. So, in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, it says that he has been made us the righteousness of God. Uh, let me go there real quick. 2 Corinthians... Let's see. 2 Corinthians 5. So God has made you the righteousness of God. You're not waiting to become the righteousness of God. He has already made you the righteousness of God. And in Psalms 84 and 11, he says, No good thing will he withhold from those who do what? Walk uprightly. No good thing, no good thing shall he withhold from those who are who are righteous. Now, when Jesus came. He made us righteous. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him he, we may become the righteousness of God. So God says, I won't withhold anything from those who walk uprighteous. I won't withhold anything from them. Now let me go make them righteous. So you can't even exclude yourself from the promise of prosperity. You can't even exclude yourself from the fact that God will give you every good thing for you to have. You can't even take yourself out of the promise. It's impossible because when you accepted Christ, you have been made right. So you were made to experience everything that God has for you to experience. Why? Because no good thing will he withhold from me. But Raph, I sin. No good thing will he withhold from me. But Raph, I got a divorce. No good thing will he withhold from you. But Raph, I did this. No good thing will he withhold from you. But Raph, what about what about my past? No good thing will he withhold from you. From the end, he 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 formed the 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 beginning. I mean, the ending from the beginning. He already knew you would do that. No good thing will he withhold from you. Why? Because he has been made you the righteousness of God. The difference in the person that walks in abundance and prosperity and a person that believe that doesn't is a simple thing. Excuse me, the simple thing of choice. What do I choose to believe? Do I choose to believe that this belongs to me as a child of God? Or do I choose to believe that I got to work for everything? I grew up believing that you had to work for everything. There's things that, that yeah, you got to work for, but in, in, in the kingdom, the way that you get things, you get things by listening and obeying. Because those who are willing and obedient eat the good of the land. That still stands. I get things by listening and obeying. So number one, God wants you to bless. Psalms 115 verse 14. It says, may the Lord give you increase more and more you and your children. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. Philippians 4 and 19. And that my God will liberally supply, fill and to full your every need according to his riches. Listen here. God isn't even blessing you based off what you deserve. God doesn't bless you based off what you deserve. God doesn't bless you based off need. God doesn't even understand the difference and you're needing a cheeseburger to eat and paying off a mortgage. That's our mind that places value on believing things from God based off the value they are in earth. Faith does not recognize value. Faith reckon, God doesn't recognize faith based off value. God recognizes faith, period. Because anytime we exercise our faith, 
when we exercise our faith, it is enough. Faith is enough. That's how we get there. It is, it is our own mind that causes us to feel like it requires more to believe for a thousand dollars than it does to believe for five dollars. No, same faith. Tell your neighbor, same faith. We believe that it takes more to believe to get rid of cancer than it does get rid of cold. No, same faith. The same faith that you use to believe that Christ died for you, to accept him as Lord, and to believe that you'll his blood covers you, that same faith is enough to believe that you will have it, you can have abundance. It's enough to believe that he'll see that you're debt free. It's enough to believe that you can live a life in abundance to the full, to it overflows and lack nothing and to be able to give to every good work and charitable donation. It is enough. Same faith. The same faith that raised Christ, I mean, same faith so it is our mindset that puts value on, man, I got to fast a week before I can get this mortgage paid versus, oh, I just I just need $100, God. So I'll, be, I'll just going to say a prayer. No, same faith. Exercising that same faith. Um, it says, your blessing is not based on anything other than God. God says, I supply you according to my riches. So... So when you go look at your bank account and you're like, well, God, I just need this. We don't even look at ourselves when it comes down to being supplied. I am supplied based off of his riches. God doesn't, God doesn't look, I mean, when God needs, sees our need, he blesses us based off his riches, not our own riches, not anything that we could do. I mean, God is blessing us because he wants to based off what he has and not even what we deserve. So that number one, it was God's idea to bless you. So don't be ashamed because you want more. Don't, when you go, when you like, you tell your friends, I want to build a house and the house is way bigger than anybody that's ever have. And why do you need all that? You don't got to explain all that because my daddy said I can have it. Now the will of God begins where the Faith begins where the will of God is known. So if God says, God, this is what I desire. Is this what you desire for me? God says, pursue. You don't need anybody else's opinion to go after what God has called you to go after. It doesn't matter if they think it's too much. It's enough for you. Because we all got those well-meaning friends who like, man, ain't that too much? Ain't that more than you need? I mean, why would you need an $80,000 car? And I'll be honest, I used to be, why would you need a $3 million car? Because that's what I like. And that, and for some of us, we got we to gotta get to that point. That's all the explanation that's needed. That's what I like and my daddy told me I can have it. I, you don't got to explain anything else to anybody else. That's what I like. And my daddy told me I can have. And you don't. And Well, how? Show me in the Bible. That's what I like. And my daddy told me I can have it. Why? Because I went to the, my father and my father said, yeah, son, is that all you want? Because that for a lot of times when we go to God, we thinking we asking God for these big, robust things. And God's like, is that it? Just a 4,000 square foot house, just debt freedom, just a healthy life, just one vacation every quarter for your family of five. Is, is that it? I thought you was coming asking for more. 
Because why? From the beginning, he, it was designed for you to live in abundance. And what we see as abundance is so limited based off where we are. That's why we got to spend time talking to Holy Spirit. So that we, that's why God says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. He was talking to the in the Philippians, and, and, and we got to take that because the way God thinks, we can't think on the level of abundance that God thinks in our natural mind. We have to think on the level of abundance by allowing the Holy Spirit to cause the love of God to be shed in our broad so big that we can understand the depth, the width, the height, the breadth of that love. And when we understand the love, the immense love God has for us, then understanding that he wants to give us stuff is not a big issue. We want to give our own kids stuff and being earthly fathers, how much more would he want to do for us? And we give our kids stuff when they be acting bad as all get out. Now my kids ain't act ain't bad, but they sometimes they express uh, behaviors that don't meet daddy's expectations. But never have I let them go in lack because they didn't meet my expectations. They always had minimum. They at least had food, clothing, shelter. Never worried about those things, man. And we being just regular humans do that for our kids. How much more? And they think they live in a world where 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 we just riches all get out, and they don't, <laughs> and, and 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 we are. But I mean, but that that's what they're thinking because if I can just access my daddy, then I know I'll be okay. Was, me and Aiden was talking the other day. We was watching some show, and, and Aiden amazes me a lot of times because it it Aiden is my way of understanding how God loves me. And I was talking to Aiden, and I said. And it was something in the natural that seemed pretty scary. And I was like, hey, Aiden, uh, uh, would you do that? And here's Aiden's question. When anything he he wants to do and he's unsure about, this is his question. If we got it like Aiden got it, we would be blessed. He said, Daddy, would you do it with me? And, it, and now, as long as I say yeah, Aiden could be scared of whatever. We could be talking about we're going to jump off the moon and, and somehow make it to earth. And his one question is, Daddy, would you do it with me? My God, what if, if what if the only thing we did when, when we went to do something, uh, God said, hey, hey, I want, I want Fellowship of Champions to build a church that, that starts in Arkansas and goes over to the United States and take over the whole world and send millions of kids to college for debt free. Our only question should be, Daddy, would you go with me? And when, we, and when he says yes, that is all the confidence we need to go and conquer the thing that he has called us to have. Why? Because he is already his desire to do it. It was already his desire to do it. And so... All right, 901. All right, let's start point two. All right, so point number one, God wants to bless you. Is 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 that making sense to y'all? All right, so we've already kind of covered point two. So we'll we'll get point two and then we'll finish up the rest of it next week. Uh, if, you, if you're actually looking at my notes, that's just stuff I jotted down. I didn't finish them because I knew we will run out of time. Amen, Dad. God will always do it with us. Our Father will do it with us. All right, point number two. Jesus came to give you abundant life, not abundant lack. 
Jesus came to give you abundant life, not abundant life. John 10 and 10 says that these purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. My purpose, God says, my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. Ain't nothing satisfied about wondering where you're going to eat tomorrow. Nothing satisfying about how you're going to pay your car payment. Nothing satisfying about wondering where you're going to live tomorrow. There's nothing satisfying that. God says, I have come that you may have life and that life more abundant. He says, the thief's job to steal, kill, and destroy. So what we've had to steal, the thief do is to steal, get us to relinquish our right to abundance by causing us to think that we're limited by what we see in our bank accounts. I'm not limited by my bank account. I'm not limited by my by my uh, job. I'm not limited by child support. I'm not I'm not limited because I got three kids. I, I'm not limited because of where I live. I'm not limited based off location. That's good. Some of y'all think y'all limited that you got to move all over the earth to get what God wants. God will bring to you everything that you need. If God didn't tell you to move, don't move. You don't got to move to access what God has for you. If God told you it was yours and you lived in the smallest city in Arkansas and he told you not to move, guess what? It'll show up to you. Because every single thing of abundance that belongs to you is attracted to you. There's a law of attraction. And what your faith does when you believe God and it belongs to you, it brings it to your location. Faith connects you. It aligns you. It causes you to become agree with it. And God will move it to where you are. You don't got to move all over the world to get what God has for you if he told you not to. Better yet, you better not move. Because wherever God... In the Old Testament, they talk about a lot, a lot. You'll be blessed in your land. You'll be blessed in your land. He was telling the people, when you he told them to go here, they'll go there, they'll be blessed where? In their land. So many times we get so caught up with looking at what other people are doing, imitating what other people are doing, chasing after what other people are doing. We're removing ourselves from the very location our land that we're supposed to be blessed in because we're so busy chasing other people and going on to their property. And yeah, they're getting blessed. They're being prosperous. Why? They're on their property. Get on your own land and stay on your own land. Ralph, where's my land? Wherever the Holy Spirit tell you it is. Wherever the Holy Spirit tell you it is. So if your land is a land to be there, if your if your land is teaching in the schools, be there. If your land is working in accounting, be there. Stay your lane because in your lane is where your blessings show up. And so we're going to. I'm going to end by. Uh, let me see. Second uh, Corinthians eight and nine. For you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing, and that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor in order that by his poverty you may become enriched, abundantly supplied. Listen, you don't got to be poor no more. God, Jesus became poor so that you could be rich. Selah, oh, that man said at my grandma's funeral, Sheila, sit on that. 
Jesus, when he was hung on the cross, became everything that we were going to be so that we wouldn't have to be. So he became poverty so that I wouldn't have to be poverty. He be, he took on AIDS. He took on cancer. He took on coronavirus. He took on all of that. Why? So that I don't have to be poor no more. Right, Dad? I don't have to be poor no more. So 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, so you can go read it to yourself. He became, I love Amplified. He became so very poor in order that by his poverty, you may become enriched, abundantly supplied. So I don't got to be poor because he already became poverty so that I can experience abundance. So if I'm being poor, a lot of times it's because I am choosing not to hearken, hear and do what the Holy Spirit has called, called me to do, usually out of fear. And usually, honestly, a lot of people don't want to be broke. A lot of people don't want to be poor. But the way that we were brought up, the way that we saw things, it is challenging to live outside of your environment. And so the, unless you begin to change your environment, which changes the way you think, which then changes the way you feel, which changes the way you act, which changes the way you decide on things, then which changes your character, and then what becomes your lifestyle. But it all begins with you changing what you're around that changes your thinking. And so, well, I can't get out of, because I remember being in Prescott, knowing that, you know what? I love this city, but I got to go. I got to get out of here. Why? Because I saw myself somewhere different. Some of us, we don't dream enough. We don't even take the time to see ourselves living where we want to. We have been robbed of hope. And the Bible, I don't have the scripture right now, but the Bible says the Holy Spirit causes hope to come alive in our lives. And so when we spend time with Holy Spirit, even when you didn't hope, he'll cause hope to show up. When we live with the Holy Spirit, even when we didn't dream, he'll cause dreams to come alive. And we'll find ourselves wanting more. And then we will begin, then you have to put yourself in an environment where your thinking is challenged, where you, you're not the smartest person in the group, where you're not the most, the person with the most money in the group. Why? Because you got to bring yourself up. You got to read the Bible and other stuff. You got to take risk, what seems like risk, but there's never a risk involved really when you obey God because he already won. The victory has already been, been given to you. You're not... All you're doing is causing history to repeat itself, right? You're just retracing the steps. Have you ever got lost, but you found a path and the path directed you out of the place that you were lost? That's all we're doing. We're just, we're just walking with Holy Spirit as he walks us to the good place. We're just, we're just strolling along with the Holy Spirit as he takes us to where we need to be. Why? Because God already became Pope, so I wouldn't have to be Pope no more. I don't have to go without. I don't I don't have to worry about that. And like I said, it's a choice. Whether everybody in my family decides to be broke or not, that doesn't have nothing to do with me. It doesn't matter if grandma was broke. It doesn't matter if mama was broke. It doesn't matter if everybody in my family. You can decide right now that the generation curse of poverty in your family ends. My son and my kids will never know what poverty looks like because it broke with me in April. We chose to break the barrier 
of poverty in our family, that we won't live lives living paycheck to paycheck, that our kids won't live lives wondering if we're going to buy school pictures or, or, or pay for their lunch. We won't live lives just going on one vacation every five years. We chose that we're going to obey God enough to get out of that because that is not where God wants us to live. That is not our heritage. That is not the covenant that our father gave us. He said that he wanted us to live an abundant life. So you go take what belongs to you. And if you're not willing to take it, if you're not willing to stand up against anybody in the naysayers and everybody else who say it ain't prosperity, gospel is faith, blah, blah, blah. It is a choice just like gravity. You can choose not to participate in it, but baby, it's real. And whether you experience it or not will be depending on whether you become aligned, you agree with, so that you can accelerate into what God has already established for your life. So you get, we got to stop being broke because here's the thing right here. I've been, and we'll finish up. I've been in enough groups and around enough people and in, in enough churches to, uh, like scholarship, for example. We do scholarships at our church. We send our, our seniors, uh, when they graduate, they get a $10,000 scholarship. And so I've been in groups and, 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 and things like that in churches growing up where you have a morning service, a noon service, and another service. And by the time you had all three services, it wasn't a $2,000 raise among 90 to 100 people. And I've been in services where it was five people. Or five people, there was a need and there was five people and, and, and six, $7,000 was raised. Which group do you want to belong to? Because here's the thing, there's always going to be a need in the earth. The question is, how are you going to meet it? You can meet it with 20s or you can meet it with thousands. It doesn't matter, but you can meet it. You deter We determine our level of access. And that's where we're going to end. We determine our level of access. Jesus is willing. We'll go back to the example from last week. Jesus is our, our union with Christ gives us full access. Now, whether we access our abundance on a general remission ticket, meaning we just got enough to take care of our family. Or if we ask Jesus to take us to the 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 50-yard line and we get good seats and we got more access, right? Or we say, Jesus, take me to the suites. I want to I want to I want to see the game from the suites. God, I want to live in full abundance. Jesus is willing to take you wherever your faith will allow. Holy Spirit will take you wherever your faith will allow. So we got to decide, Lord, make me the man. And some of us at the end of the day is like, Jesus, take me all over. Make me the man. I want to be the one that writes the check that buys a house for the family whose house get burned down. Lord, make me the man. I want to write the check to the elementary school to pay off all the, the charges that they have. Lord, make me the man. I want to pay for the funeral costs of that family who lost their baby. And they're, they got a GoFundMe trying to raise money to bury their child. God, make me the man. And here's the thing. You've already a made man. You just got to believe that you are. So it's 9-12. And I appreciate you guys for being on with me tonight. Uh, but understand, you've already been made prosperous you 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 already have it and, and we're always overcoming we're always becoming more and there's more revelation that we receive the higher our thermostats get so this year 
I mean, I challenge each of us, find out where you comfortable with your money and then believe God to move up 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000. Because it's not even about you. It's about kingdom, right? Because I, as when I have more than I need for my family, when I have more than I need to take care of every need in my house, that means I am more comfortable I have more access to give freely back to the kingdom and bless the people of God. But as long as I'm not eating, as long as if I got to choose between giving to the church and feeding my kids, that is a tough decision to make. So we got to believe, we got to take those things. Ask God to increase so that you can be more of a blessing than you've ever been before. Because wealth isn't just about having it. Prosperity isn't just about, and we're, we're going to get to that. God wants you blessed financially so you can finance the gospel. He needs people in this earth to fund the kingdom of God. Lights at these, I mean, they ain't giving churches free electricity. They're not getting churches free land. Churches aren't building things for free. People aren't getting food in Africa and other countries and the word's not being delivered. And whatever people want to say about people flying airplanes and pastors having jets and all that, I don't really care about that. So I ain't the one to talk about that. My thing is Godspeed, but all that stuff costs money. And as long as you're out there, God needs somebody in this earth to buy those things for the kingdom. So that the word of God could be flown all over this earth and men may know Jesus. That's why it needs money. And that's why we each need more than enough. Say, I have more than enough. I have more than enough. Yes, you have, you have more than enough. And so don't disqualify yourself because of your past. Uh and I'll just pick it up next week. But don't don't disqualify. Because I know some people like, man, I got some, I done done some bad stuff. Right? I, I done, I've been out there. I've done some bad stuff. Let, one of my favorite scriptures, I'm going to share this, then I really will go. But I know there's people out there like, man, Raph, you don't even understand the, the, the amount of things I've done. I, I'm di you, you feel disqualified just because of where you stand. You know? So let, let me help you this. Let me tell you this. God is not concerned about your past, so you shouldn't be either. If God remembered, which, man, this is so, oh, I love the love of God. If God remembered what you and I have done, it would prevent him from being able to give. So God chooses to forgive and forget, and we should do the same. Listen, so God set this things up, right, so that he would forgive us for his own sake. So so you don't even have to worry about your sin. God said this. He said, if I could see their sin, it would prevent me from being good to them. I can't be good to them if I see their sin. So how do I, from the end, from the beginning, seeing the end, fix this so I would never have to see their sin so that I can be good to them like I was good to Adam in the beginning? So God, so God, that's God. When he's creating all this, he's asking himself, how can I do this? So what God says, first of all, in 1 John 1 and 9, he says, I'm just and I'm faithful to forgive you. I'm just and I'm faithful to forgive you. And Isaiah 1 and 18, I love it. He says, come on, come son, come sit down with me. Let us argue this out. Let us, let, let us argue this out. 
This is my message to you. If your sins are blood red, they'll be white as snow. If they're crimson, they'll be like wool. And it goes over to Isaiah 43 and it says, okay, let's argue. Let's talk about this. All right. Come tell me everything I said about you. Uh, yeah, you sin. Yeah, you cussed them out. Yeah, you cheated. Yeah, you didn't tithe. Yeah, you got divorced. Yeah, you had sex before marriage. Yeah, you did the drugs. Yeah, you stole the checks. Yeah, you did this. He said, now tell me what my word says again. It says that I'll forgive you because I'm just and unfaithful. It says that though your sins be as red, I will make them white as sheep's wool. It says that Christ came and died so that I have might have life and that life more abundantly. He says, remind me of what I said about you so that you can prove that you're right. So your sins don't even matter because God says from the beginning, I've already cleared you because I cleared you of your sins so that I could be good for you. I did it for myself. God didn't save you for you. He saved you so that he could be good to you. He saved you so that he could give you the same level of access that Adam had in the beginning. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. We look at Jesus and Jesus came, but Jesus came to redeem and the whole. So God is the creator. Jesus is the redeemer, but the Holy Spirit is the solution. It is the powerhouse that gives me the ability to access the mind of God as a human and operate in the supernatural, even though I live in the natural. The Holy Spirit is my access to all things. It is that union that allows me to walk in the stadium and instead of saying, take me to the suites and say, I own this. You should just say this. I own this. That's what the earth said. The Bible says the earth is in earnest expectation for the manifestations of the sons of God. Say, I'm manifesting tonight. I am. I'm manifesting tonight. I am manifesting tonight. And you know what? That whole devil, you can't hold me back because of the way you make me feel. God forgave me because of himself so that he could see me as being united with Christ so that he can bless me. That was all God's idea. That was all God's idea. Why? Because he wants you to live long and prosper. So that is really it. It is 920. I appreciate you guys for hanging out with me. Um, I appreciate it. I, I really do. Uh, I pray that the word bless your life. Uh, Miss uh, Gilliam, uh, I think from earlier, if you Message me. I, I love to pray with you concerning whatever it is with you and your family. But once again, thank you guys for joining Refresh tonight. Y'all know, remain grateful. Stay hungry. Let's all manifest as the sons of God in the earth and walk in our abundance so that the kingdom will be fully supplied and that every man in this earth will have everything they need because we got more than enough. We got more than enough. So have a great week, Fellowship of Champions people. We'll see you on Sunday, bright and early at 945 at 2737 North O.R. Road. If you do not have a church home, please join us in Fayetteville. Uh, 2737 North O.R. Road, uh, 10 o'clock a.m. is when we start, start service. If you can't join uh, physically, please join us online on our page, Fellowship of Champions. 
Um, we'll love to have you there. We're a church teaching you to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. And we really focused on money tonight um, because I feel like that's where we should be uh, because money answers all things. Money answers a lot of problems, right? A lot of problems. But prosperity is, is more than just money. And next week, we could talk about a little more of that with your health, marriages, relationships, and things like that. So I'm um, just making sure the video is good. But have a great rest of the week. And like I said, uh, remain grateful and stay hungry. Love each of you.